the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubblets, and welcome back for the second Sunday after Epiphany for the week of January 20th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast, and I am excited that we are in the third gospel in three weeks with the podcast, and I'm excited to have you back as we dig into these upcoming texts. And I'm hoping that you're having a wonderful year as we're starting 2019, as we're continuing and hopefully keeping with some of these New Year's resolutions and goals that we may have made for the new year and that we're sticking through them. It's an important thing that we're able to do to keep on this track of trying to become better people that we always try to be. But before we get into this week's podcast, we have to do our shameless plugs. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. This week, they did give me some ideas, and there's a couple points that I will definitely bring up in reference that I picked up from their Sermon Brainwaves podcast between Caroline Lewis, Matt Skinner, and Ralph Jacobson. It is a great podcast, especially for someone who isn't ordained, to give me some direction and be able to listen to seminary professors giving ideas on how to talk about a scripture passage. And if that's not your style, there's great commentaries and discussions that happen over there. If you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. Second, my second shameless plug, again, if you have not checked out God Friend of Me, I'd highly recommend it. I would love to even have discussion with people on it. I think it's one of the best shows right now that I have found on television, especially talking about and looking at how do we walk out the Christian faith in this time and age, especially with that younger population, myself being part of that, but that there's less and less taking faith as something that's important. What is that possibly meaning for them? But what is that also meaning for society and things that we can think about that way? So before we get into this week's podcast, we have one more thing to address, and that is last week's podcast question of what places can you give a plant and give a prayer instead of casting judgment? And I think this is kind of a unique lead-in to looking at this week, because we have to remember with this week's text in the United States, it is Martin Luther King Day weekend, as we're thinking about what he all was able to do and the different things that we're working through as a country right now. I think it's one of these moments that we need to contemplate as people. Instead of just complaining about the different problems that we're having, how can we be a solution? And how can we maybe help be a momentum step forward for people to be able to give them hope, to give them light? And in this time where it's easy to cast judgment, it's easy to complain. I know it's difficult, but I think it's definitely possible. And I hope in this, maybe if you are in the United States and you're getting that federal holiday off, reflect on that for a moment as we dig into that. So, Like I stated earlier, we are digging into our third gospel in three weeks. This is out of the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 for the gospel reading this week. And it is Jesus' first sign or miracle, depending on how you want to put it. And it's the wedding in Cana, him turning the water into wine. 
And there's a lot of different symbolism, and especially, I know this is the Faith and Science podcast, but I cannot explain how you turn water into wine, and so I, I, I'm sorry, I can't quite explain that one with science, but there are some things that I think are very unique in this reading, so let's look at this a little bit first. We have the the wedding is running out of wine and that Jesus is at this wedding with his disciples and they overhear this and Jesus, they kind of turn to him like, what are you to do? And he comes back and says, this isn't my time. This isn't my time to do this. And it refers to Mary. Well, we don't have her name in this gospel and we never do in this gospel. It just says, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And he then takes these big stone jugs, which I actually got the privilege of seeing a couple years back, what those look like, and they're 30 gallon jugs. So he turns six of them into wine. And again, it's this wine that's better than what had originally been served. And so there's that symbolism there. And this kind of then leads Jesus into his ministry. And I think there's a couple things that are kind of unique to pull out of this. Is one that Jesus is kind of hesitating. You could argue that he's maybe being kind of a little bit snobbish with his response. But his mother is the one that says, do whatever he tells you. Like she is encouraging him to move forward, to do this. Like she knows that he can do something. And we have to remember, this doesn't come that far after Jesus' baptism. And we have Jesus being baptized, coming out of the river, and that we have the dove coming and God saying, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And we get this contrasting parenting style a week later in the lectionary text. And I think it's very interesting to kind of think about it in a little bit of that way where we're seeing these contrasting styles and also we're seeing the mother of Jesus pushing Jesus into his ministry. And the next time we will see his mother in John's gospel is at the crucifixion. So again, I'll have to credit Caroline Lewis with bringing up some of these different points, but I think it's interesting to think about it in that way, like a parent and child relationship. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 62, verses 1 through 5, and this is, I would say, kind of foresight into Jesus coming. And coming at Jerusalem, there is somebody coming for you. And that it will be this king of glory and this magnificent image that we continue to get through the Old Testament on what Jesus is going to be and how he is going to be this wonderful fulfillment of God's promise for them. The psalm this week is Psalm 36 verses 1 through 5. And again, this is a praise psalm. It's this how mighty and wonderful is our God that he is able to do all these different things and how his love just it continues to extend. And as long as we are giving our life to that. But I think the reading that ties in very well 
with the gospel text is the second reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And this, I really like 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's one of my favorite sections of scripture. And I like it, especially as we get a little bit further into this chapter. But as we are talking about here, the people in Corinth are fights over what spiritual gifts are greater than other ones. And this is where we get that there isn't a hierarchy in spiritual gifts, that some of us are given gifts of healing, some of them are knowledge, some of them of faith, others of working miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, other kinds of tongues, interpretation, that God is giving us all these different gifts and that each of us then has a special role. And what I really like, if you continue on to this, is that putting it into the image of the church or the body of Christ into a body, that we have the arm can't be jealous of the foot, and the eye can't be jealous of the ear. We have these different abilities and these different gifts, and that we need to embrace them, and that it works best together. So as we figure out what our own gifts are, that we then use them, learn to work within the body and how that all works together. So the question that always comes up after going through the text of how does this tie to science, and I think it most of it will come out of the gospel text this week, and it gets back to this idea of how the mother of Jesus pushes Jesus, this encouragement, this expectation that he can do something, which in this part of the gospel, it's like Mary has seen things and knows he can do something. And I always will wonder, what did Jesus do before that Mary knew that he could do something here? But there is terms for this, believe it or not, and there's some science on this And it's the expectation effect or expectancy effect. And this is coming a lot from David Rosenhan, is the one who's done a lot of studies on this from the 1970s and our expectations of how we expect things to go and what does that do to our own psyche. So he talked about it from some mental health hospitals was one of his big studies. And again, I'll attach a video down below talking about his study a little bit more and how when we are expecting something that our reaction changes. One of them commonly used in the medical field that you might be a little bit more familiar with is the placebo effect. This idea that suddenly because we're taking something, something will just get better. And it's one of the things that we use with drug testing especially, that you have one group who gets the drug, one group who gets a placebo, which is just probably a sugar tablet or something that's going to have no effect. And you will have people who are in the placebo group, so they're not getting the drug, but they're seeing improvement. And it's this idea, this construction within our own mind that we're getting help that we're able to do this, that we can do something. And that then leads to the result that we are wanting to have happen. One of the things as I was digging into this week, I wanted to take this expectation that we're getting from Mary, but it's also an encouragement push at the same time and tie in some studies on encouragement. And there's very few, there is one and I can attach it below, but 
when you look up the science of expectation, you find tons of people giving stories, and you probably know stories your own self. I ended up finding, and again, I'll attach the TED Talk down below, from a woman who failed multiple science classes, including physics, growing up, and how that ended up leading her to becoming one of the physicists who help with multiple NASA space shuttles and how she just continued to, through the encouragement of some teachers, but also her own drive to keep going. And as I contemplated this and thought about this myself, I think we can all think of different situations where someone comes in when you're at that breaking point and that is a changing moment within whatever you're doing, that suddenly you can do it. Suddenly, because of that encouragement, you're going to push just that little bit further to get through whatever you're stuck on. I know for me with this podcast, before I ever even recorded an episode, there is one person in particular that I sat down with And I remember talking to him and saying, after I talked with multiple other people about faith and science and why isn't this being talked about in the church more, and just saying to him, should I do this? Should I really enter this arena of faith and science at such a young of an age? Should I really be putting myself in that and possibly categorizing myself as one of these people for the rest of my life? And this person responded by, why wouldn't you? Because it gives you more time. It gives you more space to be able to do this. And in a time when our world is needing this, why wouldn't you do that? And it's people like that who help make this happen. It's people like you listening. And I keep, will get little feedback from multiple people who continue to push this forward to motivate me on those weeks that I'm having trouble with the gospel text to keep looking at it, to figure something out. Because it isn't just about me. It's about you listening on the other end just as much as it's about me learning and pulling things from this. That's what's so amazing about this. And it's the sudden understanding of the different gifts that we are able to do. This podcast is I feel really fun for me to dig into figuring out different sciences on the gifts that different people have been given. The first Corinthians reading shows us that we don't have the same gifts. We are given different abilities and we know this. We've seen this in people. We can understand that. But with that, do we have the ability to do what Jesus's mother did? Are we able to pull that talent not only out of ourselves, but of people around us? Are we able to recognize that and challenge them to groom them to be able to become who God has meant them to be? I had a great friend this week recommend a book, and I have not read it yet. I intend on reading it, and... I am going to recommend it without reading it, knowing the people who are involved with this book. It's called Out of the Holocaust by Peter Bowe, and he recently deceased. This is actually a book that's coming out after he has died, and it's kind of this memoir of his life, going through the Holocaust, not knowing his exact birthday, how he consistently moved around. But as this friend of mine was discussing this book, 
the comment he brought up was it became evident as we were reading this that God was using this man in the way that he had designed him to be able to be Christ on earth and how he designed Peter Bow to be. And to me, isn't that the ultimate goal for our lives? To be able to be the instrument that God made us to be? To be able to be the hands and feet, the light that God has called us to be? To pull that out of not only us, but those around us? To encourage us to push that little bit further to grow? We all need this. It's part of being a Christian. It's part of this walk. Jesus, in this moment, to me, shows so much of his humanity. Think about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he's in the temple. He's reading and learning and and studying all this stuff about himself. Think about the pressure. He knows what he's here to do. He has been foretold for centuries at that point. Someone has been expecting him to be this thing for centuries. And now he's here, and suddenly Jesus gets approached about figuring out a solution at a wedding. And his mother is then turning to him and saying, now is the time. You can do this. Now is the time for you to show who you are. Who God made you, Jesus, to be and to show us who you really are. That's powerful stuff. And as we're looking at this passage, as we're thinking about, at least in the United States, Martin Luther King, and Jesus knows where he is going to be going, if you think about him at the Garden of Gethsemane, talking to God, if there's any other way, it's another moment of Jesus showing his humanity to us. We are called to a mission, to a goal, to be an instrument that God has made us to be. If you want to think of that as a body and a community working together as a body, if you want to think of it as instruments making up an orchestra, if you want to think of it as ingredients to some type of masterful dish, we all have a role to play. Are we pulling that out of people around us like the mother of Jesus is in this case? And are we being who we're called to be like Jesus is being challenged to do here? And that's the Twitter question of the week. Are we pulling the talents of the people around us out? And are we ourselves being the instrument God called us to be? Deep theological questions. But that's part of the faith. That's part of the growth in being who we are called to be, that we are meant to challenge ourselves, to push ourselves, to understand who God is making us to be, and to grow in our community, to help our community become who they are meant to be. So I'm glad that you tuned in again to this week's podcast. I am going to make sure I know next week I have something coming up, but I'm going to still try to get out the podcast around the same time. And I'm excited still for what 2019 has to come. And I hope that you guys still are too. We're only a couple weeks into this thing. So I hope and pray that you're as excited as I am about it. So 
we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. <laughs>